What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house with my... Main man, Jason, he's uh, part of the 10X community with me, uh, part of Brandon Dawson's Cardone Ventures programs with me. We've had a lot of success together in each of our businesses and uh, just a great dude. And I wanted to bring him to you. And how do you pronounce your last name, Jason? Balch? I think regionally they call it Balch. It's German, Balk. but we go by Balch. Yeah. Balk. I mean, I'll answer to anything as well. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I'm the same way. So, But uh, let me introduce you. Jason's the founder of Broker's Edge. He's the president and CEO of 360 Freight Solutions, author, mentor, husband, father, and barbecue enthusiast. Man, I just when I just read that right there, that barbecue enthusiast, I could actually taste and smell barbecue, which is crazy. But anyway, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you bringing me on. You know, we've been talking about doing this for a while, so it's really cool that you know, we finally got to uh, put it all together. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, we missed each other, man. I, I, I was going to be out there in Scottsdale with you, and uh, I was hoping to get this bad boy signed. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, COVID hit me and I had to stay back, but we're doing better now and, you know, looking forward to uh, moving uh, moving the ball, uh, you know, just one inch every day. Awesome. Well, so you didn't go out to Scottsdale just the other last week or whatever, did you? No. I didn't no, either. No, I, I had I it all planned. Busy. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? I thought you were going to be out there. No, okay. I had to go to LA for something. So ah, yeah. Right. So, so uh, yeah. So let's get into it, man. The first question I always ask the guests as they come on here is what are you made of? You know, I've been prepping for this actually because I—it's it, a great question. You know, and, and everybody always says, you know, you never—I've I've never been asked that before. But you know, the fact is, we've talked privately offline and stuff, and I, I kind of knew what to expect from you a little bit. So for me, it's heart and tenacity. I put a, a tremendous amount of heart into everything that we do here at Broker's Edge and at 360. Our customers are our number one asset. I mean, we we treat them like they're the only thing we have because without them, we are we are nothing. And uh, you know. Through my uh, years of grinding away at it, the only way you get to be where you're at with a high school education and uh, still be a CEO and president of a company is uh, through uh, tenacity. I mean, just keep pushing. You know, you're talking to a guy who 20 years ago was a paycheck away from living in his car, and uh, I made a conscious decision to change all that and figure out how to be successful. So, and it's a daily grind every day. You know, you're trying to figure out something, trying to do something different, trying to implement things, but I think the most important thing is consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, it's not really a grind unless you tell yourself it's a grind. No matter right. what's yeah, happening, no, no matter what's happening, the, this is something that I've learned so much like recently. And I mean, I've known it before, but I'm really like practicing it. And all we have is the story we tell ourselves. And that story we tell ourselves, if we agree with it, becomes our reality. And so I, like, this is something that's just blown me away recently. I've been practicing this. And but I hear the same things from other people more than I hear when I say it myself. So I love to point it out. Uh, it's fun. Right. But take me back to when you almost lived in your car. What was going on? 
I was at a, uh, I was at a point where I was living with a girlfriend at the time and, um, you know, we just couldn't make ends meet really. I mean, you know, we were living in an apartment we couldn't afford and, you know, things just weren't good. I was at a, I think I was making $40,000 a year or something like that. This is back in the uh, early 2000s. And, you know, it's hard enough to live like that anyway, you know, but plus you have other people with you and you're just trying to figure the whole thing out. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I started looking at the people that were around me and realizing that I was never going to get past that certain point because they were holding me back, you know, and I, fortunately I came in contact with a mentor who I thankfully am still friends with today. He was my boss at the time and we talked a little bit and I explained to him, you know, I'm, I'm like really trying to figure out how to step out of this, step out of myself. And he took me under his wing and showed me some key things, just kind of like Brandon does with us, you know, how he, he kind of specialize in something unique to what you need to do and what the thing that you need to hear. And uh, so Michael did that for me and it, it, I flourished. You know, he just, and he won't even take credit for it. That's how he is. That's the funniest thing to me. I'm like, dude, you have no idea how close I was to living in my car until you took me under your wing, man. I mean, like, I, I, I'm so thankful for that guy. Yeah. Unlike Brandon, he'll tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I love this one. It. It's my guy. It's my guy. So, okay. So then like what, Take us through it. Like, what were some of the first things that happened when you were well, turning it around? Like, what, what what are the first, let's say, three things you did that made a difference? Okay. Well, I, I like I said, I, I talked to Michael and we sat down and he says, okay, well, you know, let's talk about your life and what's going on. And so we laid it all out. And he says, okay, well, you've got to you've got to change some things. You know, the partying and all the other stuff that you do in your early twenties needs to stop. You're not going to grow as a person if you're continuously hanging out and doing all the wrong things. Secondly, you know. If your home life is not stable, you're not going to have a solid foundation. So you're going to have to either work it out, whatever you've got going on over there, or you have to cut ties and find a better situation for you to be in, which is effectively what I ended up doing. The third one actually was quite by accident. It was all about timing. My wife, who was a customer at the time, contacted him and he, she said, hey, I don't like the guy that I'm working with right now. I want a new customer service guy. And I'd like for him to be good looking and single. He goes, well, I got two out of three. <laughs> so I knew nothing about I actually didn't find out about this until about 10 years ago. We'd already been married for like five years before I found out this whole story. And um, so he ended up introducing me to Christy and we uh, hit it off right away. And uh, we've been thick as thieves ever since. I uh, had to figure it all out, but I eventually moved down to Texas. And that's really what brought me down here was to be with her and to build a life. And it's been the best thing I ever did. Where, where were you? I grew up in Chicago. I lived okay. there for the first 28 years of my life. And um, like I said, you know, it was kind of like I had to step out of myself and, and do that next thing. And I couldn't figure out what that was going to be, but I needed a massive change. Uh, I was not going to grow anymore in Illinois. It wasn't happening for me. It was the same old thing, running into the same old people, no matter what you did. You know, you kind of just outgrow the area. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, what, what I just heard that you said is that he got you clear, basically via uh, an assessment of your current situation because too many people skip exactly. this step, right? They want to go somewhere. They don't, they're not happy where they are, but they don't really even know where they are. <laughs> and so right. but, he helped, helped you lay it out. So you got clear and assessed your current situation. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we laid it out. This is where you're at. This is where you want to go. What does it take to get to that point? You know, what are the steps that you're going to miss? And, you know, I mean, we talk about things, relationships, we talk about finances, we talk about everything. I mean, you know, I was very transparent with the man. And it's hard when you're sitting in front of a millionaire and you're making $40,000 a year and you work for the guy and he's just killing it. 
you know, it's a very humbling experience in a way because you want to be where he's at. So to really be that raw with somebody at an early age was very hard, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Yeah. I had a mentor back in the day. His name was Joe and I was in sales and he told me a lot of things and I listened to a lot of the things he said, but some of the things I didn't because I still partied and carried on and woke up in the morning hungover. And you know, I look back and you can right. see all the signs. Like They say success leaves clues, but also failure leaves clues. <laughs> you, know, you can see it. <laughs> it's laid true. out, man. And uh, I look back and I'm like, geez, now I have kids and I want them to go through the right things, but they're going to have to learn their own thing too. But you know, so because that, that really is a fine line, you know. I mean, like we're at a level now where we can do different things for our kids that our parents couldn't do. I mean, you know, I've read your book, you know, we've kind of had some parallels with our childhood being rough in the early on and you know, divorces and things like that that really just kind of almost defined us. But you know, as you say, it's rocket fuel, bro. You know, I mean, a lot of the success I have was driving to prove my dad wrong about who I was. So take us back and um, way back. Start, start from the beginning. Let us know. Let me hear the story. Oh, boy. Well, it's not just one story. It's actually a collection of stories. He was a very angry person. He wasn't happy with, I mean, in all honesty, if we're just put it all out there, he didn't want to be married to my mom. And so he would always find distractions or something to try to divert the fact that he didn't want to be where he was at. But he stuck around for us as kids. And that really set the pace for what not to do in a relationship. You know, we saw a lot of things we probably shouldn't have seen, but, you know, again, he took it out of me a lot of times because I was the oldest, you know, my sister is the apple of his eye. He was hard on me a lot. And he later apologized and says, you know, Jay, I just didn't know how to treat you. I didn't know what to do. You know, you were like my first shot at being a parent. You know, he was 25 and angry when he had me. So that turned into me trying to be noticed and by being noticed through success rather than doing stupid shit, you know? jumping cars and getting drunk and, you know, wrecking things. And, you know, you can do that if you want. And I've had my, there's been a, uh, a long wake of disasters that I've left it behind me. But, you know, it wasn't because of that. It was just because of just being a kid and who I was, you know. I mean, we do stupid shit when we're young men. And thankfully, I survived it all. And I've been able to now take all those experiences, create a culmination of it, and try to mentor people into a situation where they can be successful as well. I mean, that's the whole reason why we did Broker's Edge. I, as a freight broker, I have a lot of friends who would tell me, like, Jay, you know, I really want to do what you do. I, you know, I'd love, you just hang out, you do your thing, you know, you're having a great time with everything, you seem to always have money, you know, I, I want to be like you. And I could never figure out how to duplicate myself. And I, I really just didn't even understand that's really what I needed to do. Thankfully, my sister, who happens to work for the FAA, was creating a course for air traffic controllers. And so she sat me down and she says, you know, you can do this and I can show you how to. And so that was really the spark that ignited what Broker's Edge later became. And that's an online course that teaches people how to be a freight broker. It's a 22-week course. It's very simple and easy. You know, you watch a video, fill out some quizzes, and uh, we have Zoom calls on a weekly basis that allow you to ask questions and give you proximity to me so that I can answer those real-life issues that are coming up and you're not just sitting there wondering. You know, we did a lot of homework and we found that a lot of the courses left people wondering what to do. You know, you kind of just hear some information, go forth and be merry. And that's just, it's not going to work. You know, you need yeah. to be able to come back to the mentor and say, Hey, I got a question. This doesn't work. This happened this way. What do I do? And so we want to make sure that connection's still there. But, you know, coming back to your original question, what, you know, what really did that was what created the fire behind my relationship with my dad was just him being unhappy and me trying to get noticed. And, uh, you know, 
I think we both won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how's the relationship now? It's actually never been better. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. He moved down to Florida. He's been remarried for years, and he's happy. And, you know, we've kind of buried the hatchet in so many ways. And, uh, you know, we've become friends. That's nice. That's good. That's good. So, yeah. you know what I'm going to say? I don't know if you're familiar with Blueprinted. Blueprinted is our new tech product that's coming out. And if you have a course, you have a book, you have an expert in any area, you've done something, you've been successful, everybody needs a blueprint. And so Blueprint, as uh, the listeners are listening, it's spelled B-L-O-O. So if you go to Blueprinted, B-L-O-O, printed.com, you can put your email address in there and check it out. Everybody's going to need to be on this app because here's the thing, Jason, you need this and you're like, the courses, a lot of times people are just like left with like, what do I do now? A lot of it's theory, a lot of it, but Blueprinted is awesome because then what sets us apart is it's a step-by-step process to anything. Whatever you want to accomplish, there'll be a blueprint in there for you to accomplish. So starting the company, you know, a freight company, a brokerage, right? Like, okay, what do I do first? Well, do you know, what would you do if you were starting all over again? What would be the first step? Well, you know, and that was one of the things we noticed about the courses as well, that not only do they tell you how to do it, but they also throw you into the deep end and say, okay, well, you can do this on your own and create a business. What they don't tell you is that you have to get sales first. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've actually run into have created a company and wondered why it's not going anywhere. And I said, well, you know, did you have experience doing this in the past? Have you worked as a freight broker? They're like, no. I said, okay, so you just spent money building a company and you didn't do anything? <laughs> like, who does that? But the problem is that they're being led down this path that it's just a dead end. Mm-hmm. So my first, my first step would be to do it exactly like I did it. Get a job at a freight company. Learn the things. Learn, you know, learn the lessons. But what I'm providing is a way to augment that and kind of sidestep a lot of the things that you would not have seen or had to experience. I'm telling you, hey, this is about to happen to you. Yeah. This is what's going to happen here. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. It always goes this way. Yeah. And, and so- we started off real simple. Yeah. The, yeah. The truck. Yep. You know, I mean, like it's very beginner. Get some wins right away. Keep yeah. them interested. Some relationships. Make sure it's explained you know, and, and, exactly. And yeah. So much of this business is actually networking. It's like mm-hmm. any business, really. I mean, you, it's who you make friends with and who you can align yourself with. And we, we've done a really good job over the years of maintaining relationships through honest and reputable behavior. You know, we're consistent in our behavior. People trust us because of that. And that's really what's allowed us to create 360 freight solutions and hit the ground running in such a way that we're going to do $6 million in revenue in our first year. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And then what's the projection for next year or goal target? The goal is 10. Our five year is 100. And bro, you already know where I'm going with my 10. We've talked yeah, about it. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, in, in, in all honesty, it's not just going to be through the brokerage. We've got some ancillary products that we're creating for brokers themselves. And then a platform that I'm going to be talking to you. You know, we kind of discussed you were waiting on something to happen. And that thing has happened. So we're going to sit down and have a little discussion about what that app will look like. And I want to uh, initiate that program with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd love to. We'd love to help you out with that. And and the fact that you're working with Brandon already just makes it so much better because you know, obviously Brandon's so smart in guiding people in a certain direction and yeah. does a great job of creating futures for people. Like you paint the picture for you ahead of time before you are even able to. And uh, right. that's been so powerful for me, man, is because 
you know, after I wrote that book, I don't think I talked about creating causing and creating futures in that book because I've learned it a lot from Richie Dolan recently. And I started practicing it and I'm like, holy cow, this is like a life hack. You know, like yeah. when you can paint a picture for someone and they can't even do that, it's very attractive. And people, you know, are very attracted to you in that way because you can do something right. they can't or they can't see themselves doing. Let's put it that way. So how did you get your business started in the first place? Like did you you started working for someone else that was doing it? And then yeah. When I first moved down to Texas, I was asked to manage the... It was a small trucking company that had a brokerage. They were doing about a million dollars a year. They had been open for a few years. And so I came down to do sales and manage the brokerage itself while they developed the asset side or the trucking side. And um, I must have done well because they were going on two cruises a year and having a hell of a fun time. And uh, I was left holding the fort down and making, again, $40,000 a year. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, like I'm killing it here. We're making crazy amounts of revenue and everybody else is having a good time, but me. That was about the time we had an economic shift in 08 and uh, the company ended up folding in 09. I ended up exiting the company just before it collapsed and moved over to create a new entity with a friend of mine that, you know, did okay, but we could have done some different things. It was a good first step in learning how not to do, how not to own a business. That eventually led me into being an agent for a company, and I did that for about eight years. So uh, when you're an agent, you're an independent contractor. You work under an office, kind of like you guys do, where you've got your office, but you've got the people that have their own entity and they're yep. assigned, there's contracted through it. Okay? I did that for about eight years, and I discovered that they had a problem where they wanted to sell the company, but 80% of the business was being handled by 20% of their people. And so they had an office full of people that weren't doing anything. And all of us outside guys that were hungry and killing it were making all the money for the company. So they had to find a way to internalize that revenue. And they made it very uncomfortable for a lot of guys, including myself, to uh, operate. They would hamper our income. They, they would do some different things that just, you know, get in the way of progress. Right. And so I took that as my invitation to leave and grow into something else. And that's when I accepted a position at a different company as the president of the company. Moved my business over and we were able to build. We went from, at the time when I came on, we were doing about $10 million. And by the time I exited in, my official exit wasn't until last year in October, but we did $22 million last year. So, I mean, we definitely know how to kick some ass. Yeah, I'd say, Um, (laughs) jeez. Well, I mean, COVID was good to us in all honesty. Some industries flourished like ours. Others really suffered, unfortunately. But our customer base was primarily food and cardboard boxes that were pretty much going to Amazon. And that's effectively what everybody was doing during COVID was eating food at home and, and you know, buying on Amazon. So, yep, yep. you know, we, we were just, we were feeding the beast in a lot of ways, but uh, it, yeah, I mean, we definitely found success in that. So Jason, so when you read Rocket Fuel, went through that book, what were some things that stood out to you? Well, you know, I mean, we're both kind of private people. I mean, I guess, People really wouldn't understand that because we're kind of doing the podcast thing right now. But then like, you know, in my private life, I, I'm very quiet. I don't do much of this type of work. And so I keep myself, I, I keep to myself and I don't share a lot of feelings and things. And I felt like that was kind of a takeaway from your childhood as well, that you were kind of, although you were C-Rock, you were still, you know, just internalizing a lot of things. You know, I, I remember you talking about how your dad threw that $100 bill at you and he was like, here, good luck. And, you know, we had those types of moments too, you know, where it was like, okay, yeah, well, you know, go hang with your mom, have fun. You know, I'm going to go over here and do this thing. And you're like, well, shit, I wish, you know, I wish I could be a part of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and but you have to hold it. Yeah, you got to stick to your guns, you know, you got to hold down the fort and do the right things. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
really just inter- taking those things that were coming at you and could easily be turned into negativity. I mean, at the age of 22, I was in a truck accident. I was driving for a company and I hit a, uh, was F-150 head on at 45 miles an hour when he entered my lane. I was in physical therapy for two years and I was a workman's comp in Illinois for about six months. If that isn't hell, I don't know what to tell you, man. At 22 years old, I can barely walk. I walked like C-3PO, man. I was like limping and just real mechanical. It was weird. And, you know, they were giving me pills and all kinds of stuff to kind of sedate the pain, but I didn't really take a lot of that stuff. I didn't want to. Thankfully, I didn't. I mean, I could have easily been a junkie by now. <laughs> if I yeah, all that yeah. shit. You know, there's so many times you get crossroads, you know, you, you can either do the thing that you think is going to be right, that's going to work for you, or maybe take the easy way out or something that just feels good for the moment. And, you know, far too often people accidentally deviate from their plan. Nobody plans to grow up and be a junkie. That's not a plan. Nobody plans to fail at life ever. Hell, people don't even go in. I want to be a referee when I grow up. I mean, like nobody does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you just find these different paths and you, you know, you take it as, as they come. But knowing the opportunity and, and really working with what you have is probably the biggest takeaway I can, you know, I got from the book is, is, is taking those adversities and just, you know, just my ass. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. this anyway. Watch this. Yeah, yeah, Throw yeah, in the yeah. hopper. Here we go. You know, I love that. I'd love to get people's take on it because everybody's got a different point of view from it or different takeaway from it. It's awesome to, you know, the work that was put in, it's not like a literary uh, piece. Of, like, it's not like a, I'm not a literary genius. But it's raw and it is what it is. And I just love to hear people's thoughts on it. So now I wanted to ask you something else. What, uh, shoot, it just slipped my mind. But what's the best pe- way pe- for people to reach you? If they're interested in the type of business you do or your coaching or whatever, what, what's the best place for them to reach you? Well, we've got the website, of course, uh, 360freightsolutions.com, brokersedge.com, B R O K E R Z, like zebra, edge.com. I'm on Instagram, Jason P. Bouch, Facebook. I think it's Jason Bouch on there. I, We've got all the handles and stuff. I'm sure it'll be on the links. Yep. But yep, we'll put in show Yeah, notes. I mean, those four places are the easiest way to find me, get a hold of me, throw you know, a DM, smoke signal, and you and, and, and paper. <laughs> and do you want to talk about your book too? Like, what's the title of your book? Yeah. Well, I was fortunate enough to be a part of Ignite Your Entrepreneur. We did this with the JB Owen, and uh, it, w- it was a great experience. I was really happy to hear that Brandon Dawson was going to do the forward. So when she approached me about it, I was like, Yeah, I'm in. Awesome. She's like, that was easy. I'm like, yeah, that was a no-brainer, right? So the cool thing was you, you worked with Carolyn on uh, Rocket Fuel, and I had already been working with Carolyn on a, a totally different project, that, but it's a, you know about my story. And so I had already kind of pretty much written the part that JB wanted for the book. Yeah. So you know, they give you like, what, two months to get everything done? I'm like, here you go. <laughs> she goes, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was already part of uh, another project. She goes, oh, all right. So, Perfect. I mean, the whole process went really easy. Yeah, it was great. And, um, you know, it was a great way to get our brand out there and to talk about different things and, you know, just kind of a snapshot of my life. You know, I started off exactly where the accident started, you know, right after I hit the car and I'm in the ditch and the radio and there's spewing smoke and all this other shit's going wrong, you know? What was that? What, 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 so many, what does that feel like hitting somebody at 47,000, 40? Man, I got big, I got big numbers in my head, man. 40, 40 miles an hour. I don't want to say 40. I want to say, uh, I'm always saying thousands or millions, man. What, what, what was that like? 40 miles an hour? You know, it's scary because it's like they say, time slows down. Right. And you start getting snapshots of things. Right. And so I, I remember seeing what happened, downshifting the truck with my left, right hand, I'm standing on the clutch and I'm just, I'm really just banging it into gears 
trying to get the truck to slow down. And I can see that I'm going to hit this guy head on. And I turn the truck to the left or to the right at the last minute. And as I hit him, I think, holy shit, did I just create this accident? I thought it was my fault at first. Because you're like, I mean, you're responsible for this piece of equipment. It's massive, right? What was it? Um, like a... It was actually uh, was a 26, 24-foot straight truck. Okay. I mean, so it wasn't really that bad, but I, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I wasn't yeah. driving a, you know, like a semi or anything, but yeah, you know, I didn't look where I was putting it. I just cranked the wheel to the right. Thankfully, I parked it right between two trees, hit a ditch, and the truck stopped abruptly. And um, I mean, I, I remember falling forward, and because I was turned like this, my shoulder hit the like the side window, and so my whole body was turned when I hit the impact, and it created like a weird curvature in my spine and elongated everything. That's why I had herniated disc in my neck. I had lesions on my spinal cord and I, both sciatic nerves were messed up. And to this day, I still have problems with my neck and my uh, lower left side of my back from this accident. Gotcha. And then how about the other guy? Well, the other guy, turns out he had been drinking a near beer in the truck. And he, the way he ended up in my lane was he had rear-ended an off-duty cop. And so when he hit the, the back end of his pickup truck, he somehow ended up in my lane. Uh, okay. And I, I just was coming right at him. I mean, it was too, too, too close to do anything but what we did. Wow. You know, and he was basically paralysis. I mean, he was squared on me. So, I mean, I, I would have put it through the windshield if I had hit him head on. Wow. I mean, well, they even told me, like, Jason, you, you saved that guy's life, man. Wow, man. Well, I don't want to end the yeah, show with just okay. that. So, so what are, what are, so give me some, fi- <laughs> what are your final words? Like, yeah. give me some final words, like final things to leave the audience, man. Like, you know, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this last night and, um, you know, one of the things I, my audience tends to be a little bit younger on the younger side, our market really is more towards like people are getting out of high school and college, don't really know what they're doing. They're, they've graduated. They can't find a job in the chosen field that they're in and they need to make money because they have an ass load of debt now, you know? Right. So. Right. I mean, watching my daughter go through school, the first four years has cost her, you know, with room and board and everything, a quarter million dollars. And the college acts like that's normal. I'm like, that's normal, huh? That, that's what happens? Okay. So, you know, we talk about the lids a lot, you know, with John Maxwell's Law of the Lids. And one of the things I try to get across to the people I work with is like, look, you know, when you're growing up, your original mentors are your parents, typically. That's what you have to feed back on, you know? So that's why you see so often people that go into the family business, they're firemen, they're policemen, whatever, whatever the family did, they mm-hmm. fall into that track because, and I said track, not trap, because it isn't. If, if that's what you want to do, great. That's cool. You know, we need all those people. But that's also why you find people that never quite move out of the town that they grew up in either. Right. So, you know, you get that small town mentality, you never left town because it wasn't comfortable. It was also not what they didn't know any better, you know? these little towns in Texas and these people grow up and they, and they do the thing and they, they live here and then, you know, they grow old. That's that. So what we try to do is be that next step, you know? Okay. So your parents have taken you this far, you know, but you need to, if you want more than that, you're going to have to find a different way to go beyond that. And you tried that through college. You may have been successful. You may not have been, you know, but this is a different avenue. This is a faster track to some type of success. So what we've tried to do is bring those people and build them up from that point, take them beyond the parents kind right. of around the college thing and into the, you know, into a life that they can be happy and prosperous. in. so, you know, everybody needs a mentor, you know, it'd be me, you, Brandon, John Maxwell, Grant Cardone, you know, the list goes on, but everybody needs a mentor yep. because you don't know everything and your parents don't know everything either, man. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, they, they know they, everything, they but that's not the wrong thing. If we had stopped where our things. parents left off, 
Yeah. My dad was a union. He worked for United Airlines. He retired from United Airlines. He he was a union guy. And I remember telling me, he'd be like, Jay, don't be in sales. You won't like it. You know, you're going to have to eat what you kill. I don't think you can do that. I guess he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, well, look, Jason, I work I look forward to working with you here in the future. Put something together with that that idea that you have. We'll get it going. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining me and sharing your story. I'm sure the audience appreciates so it as well. Me, yeah, man. And uh if there's anything I could ever do for you, just reach out. And I wanted to tell you one more thing. I had that one thing I was thinking oh, you about. Know what? I, was. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, I took you up on your advice about selling that house. Yeah. Yeah. We're closing in two hours. Oh, there you go. Hey, so well, yeah. hopefully, hopefully yeah. that was good advice. <laughs> it was great advice. Yeah, you know, it, it, when I when I started really looking around it, I was like, man, thank you, Mike. Really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you because you took a load off me by making helping me work through that decision, trying to figure that out. You know, and, yeah. and really, you know, kind of put it all together. So I'm, I'm really glad we. Well, the, the key I had, is I had you to rely on as as guidance. You know, from a professional vantage point. You know. Yeah. Well, the key is, is really kind of just asking questions and letting the people figure it out for themselves. I mean, they, you probably already knew the answer, you know, before yeah. that. So, well, and I just didn't want to give up on the whole thing, you know, it, yeah. it was a process and I wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing was the right thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah. what you said, Hey, you know, it's been around for this long. It's only crept along this much. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. Let's go bigger. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Well, listen, man, again, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with Jason Balch and Mike Searock, the unstoppable Mike Searock. Hey, go find out the Blueprinted app, man. This is going to be something that's just something you want to get on board early. Blueprinted, B-L-O-O-Printed.com. Go check it out. Go subscribe to the podcast. If you like this, share it with your friends. And on YouTube, we're putting a bunch of new content out on YouTube at Mike Searock, Scirocco. Go check it out. Until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.